Well, what a game week it was. It was a game week of shocks and shocks and shocks and shocks. In fact, if I was the president, I would be in utter state of shock. But then, yes, we're talking about a number of, number of games this week that took place, um, including the hiding after Villa thrashing Liverpool by seven goals to two. In my lifetime, I never did not expect to see this. But yes, that is what happened at Villa Park. Then, Man United being pumped at home at the Stadium of Dreams, Old Trafford. Tottenham wiping them, then wipe them, like say, then teeth something for supermarket. But then that was it. Man United being beaten 6 1 by Tottenham at home at Old Trafford. And then, West Ham beating Leicester among other games this season. This week, wonderful games but then get ready. As we discuss what really went wrong, what really went right, and what really happened. Okay, guys, we are one take start. Okay, let's start with the Fulham Wolves game. Um, I think it's not been working either way for Fulham this season. Um, they they were they were good value for their money, but then um, they were beaten by this Pedroneto solitary on goal on 63 minutes. Um, I don't know. I, do you think it's time for Scott Dan Scott Parker to leave? Um, the manager of Fulham. I think yes, he needs to leave. Um, it's not working for Fulham anyway. They've they've switched formations over the last three games. And it seems like which formation they bring up, they keep on get beaten. Now this is their fourth loss in a row now. Game week four, fourth loss, four losses, no wins yet this season for Fulham. They look more like candidates for the drop. Um, if you remember from their last game, they set up a four-two-three-one, uh, perhaps trying to negate what has happened with their four-three-three. And it doesn't seem like it's even working, um, especially for a club like Fulham where you do not have, you know, specialist midfielders. That 4-3-3 formation might not really work well for you. Um, Tom Kenny isn't the fastest of players. And then, um, uh, you know, having the likes of... of uh, What's his name? Uh, I've actually forgotten the guy's name. Uh, uh, Bobby Weed. To play up, up front as, as, as an attacking midfielder, I don't really see that one working out. But then, they look more like candidates for the drop. Um, Sorry, three on goal from Wolves, beating Fulham 1-0. Um, I think I, for one, am among those with the highest odds of saying that Scott Parker should leave Fulham. Uh, quote me wrong or quote me right. But they are huge candidates for the drop this season. And then, Wolves keep on marching on. Um... Their games keep on going better. They've played, they've played um, four games this season. They've won three, <laughs> yeah. And then they are, they are moving forward. So it's a good game this that came up this week for Wolves. And uh, I think the tweaking of their formations, their, their coach, uh, Nuno Espirito Santo, has really been doing a good job with the way he tweaks his formations. Despite the sell-off of so many players, I think I'm particularly pleased. Um, I'll also be talking about transfer window later on, but I think I'm particularly pleased with the way um, they've been able to keep Adamacha away. I'm surprised to see that he wasn't signed on, although I was pained to see Diego Jota leave, but I think some other signings that came in might help to vilify some of all these things. So that was it for 
the transfer season. I think I think it was an overall good game for both sides. Um, Fulham doing their very best to to make this work, but it couldn't work out on the day. Pedro Neto with solitary goal, but I'm, at least I'm happy to see that they didn't concede goals, which was a key uh, key factor. Then I move on to. I don't know. I will call this the weekend of shocks, but I start on with the game at West Ham. So West Ham beating Leicester City at the King Power Stadium, three-one. I think it was a good game. I've seen I had seen West Ham growing slowly back up after some of their disastrous performances <coughs> at the beginning of the season. So it was good to see them come up back, three-one. Um, and I think their formation really helped. David Moyes putting them on a 4-5-1, um, flooding that midfield row and not giving the likes of uh, Happy Barnes and uh, you know, James Madison the like the freedom to roam around and perform. So, and I think it also gave the likes of uh, Fornals, you know, Antonio, Jared Bowen, the ability to, you know, ramp up the pressure and speed against the back three. I, I was surprised to see Leicester playing the back three. And I think it played into West Ham's hands because um, Gerard Bowen is a fast guy. Uh, Antonio Mitchell Antonio is also very fast. Pablo Fornals is a good passer of the ball. So when you have players like this putting themselves on the line, it gives it really put Leicester on the back foot throughout the game. And um, their wing backs, uh, Lucas Stan and um, James Justin, they were much more attacking minded and I think it's it's kind of killed the game because um, West Ham were able to flood that midfield, uh, stop them from attacking, playing up a 4-5-1 you are blocking the four parts you are taking up two midfielders from from the five midfielders, dragging them back, so you are having like a six man defence when you are defending and then when you are attacking you are having the likes of Funhouse and Jared Bowen ramping up the wings and covering up those areas where the wing backs for Leicester had moved forward. So it was impressive to see West Ham, you know, doing it at the King Power Stadium. I do hope they continue to do like this in subsequent games. Um, but meanwhile, it was an impressive one. That was it for West Ham versus Leicester. Uh, interesting game at, at Crystal Palace and Sehos Park. <clears throat> Chelsea um, ramping up the game from their last outing. Um, it was a better game from them at Crystal Palace, running out for new winners. Um, Crystal Palace failed to build on their last performance. And it was key to see how Chelsea, you know, picked up this game and did very well. And uh, it was a great game. Uh, going forward, I do see Chelsea really racking up points like this, especially against lower base side. But Frank Lampard might need to look over his shoulder because it's not going to be good all the way. Um, with a with a star-studded lineup, um, their owner Roman Abramovic will be waiting and willing to see something fantastic from this team. And if Frank Lampard can't deliver, it might likely pull up a lot of issues. And then the game that is really spelling a lot for Everton this season, they they thumped Brighton 4-2 at um, Goodison Park. They are the surprise contenders this season. Quote me wrong, quote me right. I might be wrong, I might be right. But then, um, for a Brighton that has prided itself this season in playing a 4-5-1 and rubbing it in the faces of so many big teams, Everton was simply having none of it this season. They were fantastic, they were good, and uh, James Rodriguez was at the heart of everything in this game. 
I think he's a summer signing that is going to impress. Yes, injuries might come up. I'm suspecting injuries. Possibly by mid-season, the injury rack will start. But then, if he can be effectively managed by the physios at Everton and by his manager, um, you could see Everton break into the top four this season with him at that attacking midfield role because he's such a good player. He's such a good player. And, uh, well, Brighton, Brighton... But I think we're unlucky this time. This is not Tottenham that you <laughs> that you score and open your mouth. And uh, Nemo Pay must have must have seen better. I think he has he has this knack of of, of rubbing it into the faces of clubs. Stay with us now, deal with Tottenham. At the end of the day, we just hope that when he is leaving the Premier League or he's seeking a transfer, he doesn't move to any of these clubs because nobody would sign him. He had better go to La Liga, then go function. And then, um, that was it for Everton Brighton. Leeds, the giant killers. Well, they did it again. They killed another giant again. Well, not, not necessarily killed, but um, they did so well. Um, drawing against Man City, they needed... That was another masterclass from uh, Marcelo Piosa. And uh, Man City are really in a quagmire right now. They're in a quicksand. They keep falling, they keep falling. They keep falling. Well, but whatever it is, um, Leeds drawing against Man City was another highlight for this season, for, for this game week. If you remember, they played 3-3 against um, Liverpool. And they did it here again. I think their counter-attack has been perfected, even on the training ground. And um, they didn't give Man City that bit in space. Man City, well, you, you wouldn't rule out the fact that Man City are, are currently struggling with injuries, especially on the front line. And... Um, they're not just gelling in, but I, I, don't take it away from Man City. When they pick up, they could really pick up. Surely, if other clubs around them falter, uh, it's going to be a tough race. But I see a surprise candidate this season with some of the top four clubs really struggling. You might see an a la carte as per Leicester City, possibly with Everton this season. I, I can't tell, but it's just a prediction. So that's it. Um, Leeds drawing against Man City, giant killers again, proving under masterclass. Um, I'm happy to see what Leeds are doing up, up there, and uh, I'm sure they are candidates to stay up uh, this season. But well, that's it. Man City will need to go back to the drawing board and pick up something new. So, in my second episode, my second part of this podcast, I will also be discussing about Manus, hiding, Liverpool's weeping, West Brom. Could they be casualties? And uh, Newcastle versus Burnley. That's in our next segment of the episode. Hi guys, I'm back again. And then yes, that was it. Um, West Brom for the championship... Are they casualties to go back down? Well, yes, 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 and yes. Um, they were beaten by Southampton in this game week four. Um, two nil goals from Sajanepo and Ure Remio, giving South the Saints the lead and um, giving them a three point cruise. But then I want to talk about West Brom's formation. Um, Slaven Village started up opted for a four two three one in this game. Um, Against his usual 4-4-2 or his 5-4-1, in which he started with. But um, I think 
his formation really played into the hands of Southampton. You are playing a 4-2-3-1 against a Southampton that have a 4-4-2, strong 4-4-2. And uh, I, I think he was just looking at it as, oh, it's a 4-4-2. Forgetting that you have the likes of Oluremi, you have Musa Jineko, who is a fast-paced winger, playing as a, as a, as a right-sided midfielder, as a left-sided midfielder. And then um, they allowed so much space in the midfield for Southampton to really wreak havoc. And that was why, you know, even someone like Kuro Romeo would get in among the goals. Obviously, he must have afforded so much space to score that goal he did against West Brom. But then, that's it. We move. Um, West Brom, championship casualties, very likely. Um, Southampton still keeping it up. Um, they are not candidates for anything, but it's a great, it was a great game for them. Um, we do hope that, uh, that West Brom would really smart out Slavin Bilic for the sack, well, very, very possible. Um, yeah, 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 it's possible, it's possible. But then that was it. Um, West Brom being beaten by Southampton, uh, 2-1. We do hope they pick up from their next game. Yes, the Emirates. Sheffield United wrecked havoc there last season. Well, they were not two times lucky this season. Uh Sheffield losing 2-1 at the Emirates. Um, goals from Nicola Pepe and uh, excuse me. Goals from Nicola Pepe and uh, an equalizer from David McGoldrick and then the finishing third by Bukayo Saka. But then that's it. Um, it was a good game from Pepe. Um, to be precise, I would like to state his own game. Um, and then we still saw the issue of the midfield as highlighted in the Liverpool loss. If you remember the 3-1 loss, it was glaringly obvious that Arsenal's midfield needed the repurchase. And then we had this big reprieve. Um, I think we are still pushing for Thomas Partey and, um, and Usemawa. And uh, likely one of them would be gotten. Very likely one of them would be gotten. But then that's it. Um, Sheffield had a good game. But I think they might find it difficult to replicate last season. Um, uh, Chris Wilder didn't bring in any new, much new faces, and um, it's not so easy to play the same formation two seasons running. Other clubs have already taken advantage of, or have noticed what they can do with that formation, and would nullify it at every opportunity. If you watch, I think there was a lot of tactical genius from Mikel um, Ateta in this game. Um, he started with a 4-3-3, and then at halftime it looked like nothing was happening. Then to switch to a 4-2-3-4-3 and then brought in Pepe, moved in Pepe Young up front and played in a 4-2-3-1, giving his team enough chance to attack in the midfield because um, um, uh, um, Sheffield United had opted from that their 3-5-2 and then spread it out to a 3-3-1-1, which was, which was, uh, uh, which was quite funny. So if you watch that game, I think at the 3-4-3 stage, they had seen that, okay, we could put the extra man on the wings to, to choke it up. And then when um, Sheffield United started pushing bodies on the wings, they started playing it through the midfield. That was a very good tactical genius from Nicola Teta. And a good win for them, 2-1 at the Emirates. We do hope they continue moving forward. And then uh, we hope to see some signings before the end of the transfer window. It's really in the midfield role for us now. And then that it comes up to our two big games that took place this season. This game week four, Aston Villa at Villa Park against Liverpool. 
this was a shocker. In fact, it was not a shocker. Um, if you remember last two weeks, um, one of the, one of the sports pundits had made a claim that Liverpool's defense was sloppy after their three-one loss, um, possibly highlighting the fact that. Liverpool could have really lost more goals against Arsenal, but uh, maybe because Arsenal was not so strong enough. But then it came to the fore here. Um, Liverpool were thumped. They looked like they looked like a League One team. Um, they looked clear like a League One team. Villa Park was the center of it all, with Aston Villa running out seven-two winners. And this was it was more like a, a battle of the Vars, of the Villas. Liverpool. And that's in Villar. <laughs> okay, that was it. But then, two goals from Salah. Um, a first half hat trick from the Watkins. It was just crazy. Um, a battle double, goal from again, and a goal from McGrillish. Yeah, but then, um, it was clear that Liverpool's vulnerability at the back was exposed. Um, Joe Gomez is not really my my ideal Premier League centre back player, but. Uh, he he was a, he was culpable for two of the goals that were scored that game. Um, the sixth, the seventh goal, um, the one which Oli Watkins did, and uh, another misplaced pass he did as well. Adrian Ibo is not really also an ideal goalkeeper for Liverpool, but then Liverpool will have to cope with the fact that these players are injured, and uh, I'm sure Liverpool missed the hassle and the bustle of. Um, uh, Sadio Mane, he wasn't really effective. He wasn't really in this game, so he wasn't there. And um, you could you could tell that the likes of Diego Jota wasn't really finding it up to speed with playing against these guys. But then take nothing away from the Aston Villa. They settled themselves well. They played a fantastic football, and I was happy to see what Roberto. Um, um, I was happy to see what Emiliano Martinez did so well at that um, Aston Villa backline. I think he's. He strengthened them because he's a natural leader. When he gets in there, he has this vocality. He talks to his defenders and the game goes up. And um, yes, at the back, Joe Gomez and Adrian were the weak link for for these guys. Um, I'm also not an I'm also not impressed with Navigator. Take nothing away from him; he's a good player, but he is not this kind of player who knows how to track back and uh, really defend his line. He's an He's, an, he's a granny jacker to me, you know, comparing him to Arsenal. But then he's not EPL game, game standard. I think he's more like a squad or reserve player. So, yes, the midfield, uh, the midfield we are missing a key, a key component of their game. Um, we haven't really seen much from them. Their, their pressure was was down. They, they lost a lot of pressure. Unlike what their usual game is, choke up the pressure. But in this game, they lost that pressure, and it it gave the likes of of Aston Villa the opportunity to, you know, throwing throwing good balls and expose that um, very open defense. And um, Ross Barkley signing for Aston Villa gives them more, gives you know the likes of um, Grealish the freedom to roam into space and then cover the spaces left by the wings backs um, Robertson and Trent Alexander Arnold. And yes, I think that was that was a key thing with what happened. Well, um, Liverpool will take this as a one-off. It's not something that happens all the time. But then I think it's a warning sign that they need to be very careful of. If an Aston Villa, an Aston Villa, can beat you seven-two, then be very very careful because it might go not this season. I do hope they make some signings 
or they make some alterations during this transfer window to help Liverpool. But then, take nothing away from Aston Villa. Great game, 7-2 win. And I'm happy to see um, Oli Watkins, who was um, top goal scorer in the championship last season, you know, lighting up the Premier League with this hat-trick. He's, he's quite a bustling striker and he's very good on the ball. So that was it. Um, Aston Villa at the Villa Park, 7-2 winners. I'm sure Dean Smith will be shouting whenever you go home. He will pop a bottle of wine and drink because that truly is a big win. But that was it. We are hoping Game Week Five, Game Week Five brings up something. Game Week Four brings up something. Game Week Five brings up something new. But then, okay, two more games to go. Man United at Tottenham and Newcastle at Burnley. I'll start with I'll start with Newcastle Burnley. Um, okay. Newcastle, well, it was a, a good win for them against Burnley. Um, straightforward win. Um, they did very well. It was just a, a simple game for them. Burnley haven't really been the kind of play team they give, that they've been for over the last two seasons. They seem to be dropping standards. And I think I can relate that to signings. I can relate that to transfers. But then, um, yeah, are they candidates for the job this season? I absolutely think so. Two seasons in the Premier League held up by strong defensive play you know there's there's always that limit that strong defensive play can get exposed one of the days so that was it Newcastle being beaten by Burnley good game for Newcastle I expect them to you know perform better and then Man United beating at home to Tottenham 6-1 have we seen OGS so they're gonna soldier staying long in this uh, I, I, I can't really tell I can't really tell could we have stated that um, Marshall's red card was worthy of why Man United collapsed? I don't think so. He's a striker. He's a striker. No matter how you want to keep it up, anyway, you can only play defense as long as possible. But then that's it. Good game for Tottenham's coach. Uh, at least he's, he's gotten his exacted his revenge in, in brutal fashion against Ole Gunnar Soldiers Man United at the Stadium of Dreams. I do hope Ole, um, Sir Alex Ferguson wasn't watching this one because wasn't good to sit in well for him but then my united being beaten by tottenham great game from tottenham great performance from the attacking midfielders and i'm really really excited to see how gareth bill is going to play in this new lineup let's see what Mourinho has in stock but then that was it my united beating 6-1 at the stadium of dreams so that comes to the end of our podcast we do hope that next game after the international break will be seen more uh, that'll be all. Have a lovely day.